Ladies, I see and hear women all the time who are frustrated and hurt because their husbands do not love them in the way that they want to be loved. They know what their primary love language is, and no matter how hard they have tried, they just can't seem to get their husbands to understand this and to love them in this way. Well, I've been there, right where you are in the same frustrations and the same hurts. And I'm here today to give you a new perspective on love languages and how your husband shows that he loves you. Let's get started. Welcome to the Faith Lived Out podcast. Are you wanting a loving Christian marriage but are unsure what that looks like or how to get it? Do you have fears about becoming a submissive wife, afraid that you'll lose your identity or become a doormat? Do you have thoughts that maybe you're doing this whole wife and marriage thing all wrong and you want to know how to do it right, to stop worrying all the time and to learn how to truly put your faith and trust in the Lord? Hey girl, I'm Nancy Adamson, wife, mom, and Grammy to seven sweet babies, Christian mentor, Bible teacher, speaker, and women's ministry leader. I see you and I get you because I've been there and I'm here to share with you what God has taught me on how to have a loving biblical marriage and what the true meaning of being a submissive wife really looks like. We'll also chat about how to find wisdom and truth for life's challenging questions in His Word, how to apply God's truth to our lives, and to put the cares and concerns that are on your heart safely in the Father's hands. So if you're ready to learn how to live out your faith every day and follow the amazing plan that God has for your marriage, grab your coffee, pull up a chair next to mine, and let's get started. There is a very popular book out there that probably many of you are very familiar with, and it's entitled The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. And there are many things in this book that I wholeheartedly agree with. However, there is definitely one thing in there that I strongly disagree with. I disagree with it because I have seen the hurt and the frustration that it has caused other women and have felt some of these same things myself. I have lived this in my own marriage, and by the grace of God, He has shown me a different perspective as to the role of love languages, that what they can play in our marriages and in our marriage relationship. And looking at the book, I do want to point out that the author does describe the first years of love and marriage quite well. So listen carefully as I share what he says, because from what I hear and from people and from what I've experienced myself... I think that you will relate to this quite a bit. He states that relationships start with an obsessive and passionate love that lasts about two years. During this time, your husband seems wonderful and perfect to you. The flaws are overlooked and you both focus on the well-being of the other person. When this wears off, you begin to focus on yourself and how your needs or your expectations are not being met. And you begin to request and then maybe even demand that your husband love you in the way that you want him to. When he refuses to meet these demands, you are hurt and may even lash out in anger. Your hurt feelings and your anger only pushes your husband away farther, making it all the more difficult for him to show love towards you. So does this sound familiar at all? 
Does it describe what may be happening in your marriage right now? If so, take heart because the love between you and your husband can be rekindled as you learn what the next stage of love is all about. And the author describes the next stage of love as a covenant love. It is a conscious and intentional love, a commitment to love each other no matter what. It requires thought and action. It does not wait for the encouragement or the warm emotions of feelings, but chooses to look out for the interest of the other person because you are committed to their well-being. And this is so true. I mean, love is a choice that we make every single day, whether we feel like it or not. It is a commitment that we love each other no matter what, that we respect our husbands and we put their well-being before our own. It is when we begin to focus on ourselves and what we want and seeing that our expectations are not being met, that is when we run into problems. So the five love languages that are described in the book are One, words of affirmation. Two, gifts. Three, acts of service. Four, quality time. And five, personal touch. And if we were to stop and think for a moment, we would probably agree, even if we have never heard of these love languages before, but we would agree that these are the five main ways that we would show love towards someone or how somebody would show love towards us. So here is where I have a problem with what is being taught in the book. And it's in chapter two, and the author makes the following statement, and I quote, We can receive love through all five, but if we do not receive our primary love language, we will not feel loved, even though the person is speaking the other four, end quote. Now, ladies, I have two problems with this statement. The first being that it requires you to focus on yourself to determine what your love language is and then feel that if your needs and expectations are not being met in this area, well, then your husband must not love you and there's no way for you to feel loved. And that is so not the case. First, and this may come as a shock to some of you, but there is nowhere in the Bible where God tells us to focus on ourselves to determine what our needs are, what our expectations are, and to be sure that those needs are met. Actually, the exact opposite is true. We are told over and over again in scripture to put other people before ourselves. In Romans 12.10, it says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to another. And then in Philippians 2, 3, and 4, it states, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. And then in verse 5, it states, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. This is how Christ loves us, in that he put us before himself when he died on the cross for our sins. And I know that the world teaches us that it's all about me and I have to look out for myself. And if I'm not going to look out for me, then who is? Because nobody else is going to look out for me. And that is simply not the truth. This is a lie straight from the pit of hell to deceive you. The one who looks out for you, the one who loves you and who has proven his faithfulness to you by dying on the cross for your sins, it is Christ. 
And it is his love for you as your Abba Father who looks out for your needs and to take care of you. Which is why it tells us in Matthew 6, verses 31 through 33, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. So what you will eat and what you will drink, these are the most basic needs in our life, right? And the Lord tells us right here that if we seek him first, that he will meet all of our needs, even the most basic ones. There are scriptures that tell us that the Lord has our the hairs on our heads numbered and they fall out. There's new ones that grow. It changes all the time. And yet your heavenly father cares for you so much that he knows exactly how many hairs are on your head at any given moment. And if we are to do this with fellow believers, well, then how much more so are we to do this with our husbands, to put them first, to put them before ourselves? And in not looking to what we need and meeting our own needs, but in looking at our husbands and in meeting their needs and their desires. And I can tell you that oftentimes as you do this, your husband will naturally respond in kind and do the same thing for you. The second problem that is with this is that it can make acts of love more of a performance and very insincere. If you require your husband to show you love in a particular way, then most likely it's not going to be from his heart. It's more out of duty and just in keeping you happy so that you don't complain. This often leads to resentment because we're not accepting of our husbands for who they are and how they want to show love to us, making them feel that their love in some way is not enough for us and that they must do more. This is very hurtful to them. So then back to the author's statement of, if we do not receive our primary love language, we will not feel loved. Ladies, after 40 years of marriage, I have found something different to be very true. In the past, I had always wanted words of affirmation from my husband. That's how I wanted him to show love to me, for him to compliment me, to say how nice I looked or what a great job I did, and to love and appreciate me with words. No matter how many times I had asked him, no matter how many different ways I had tried to get him to do this, it never happened. I remember thinking, oh, Maybe if I compliment him all the time and I say nice things about him all the time, well, then he'll do the same thing for me. Nope, didn't work. But then God opened my eyes and gave me a different perspective. Instead of focusing on how I wished my husband would show his love for me, I began to look at the ways that he does show his love. And here are some of those ways. One, the fact that he kisses me every morning and every time before he leaves the house on his own accord without fail. The fact that he takes care of my car, ensuring that it works properly all the time and even washing my you know, front windshield if it's dirty, you know, whatever it needs to be done to make sure that I'm safe, he does. That every time before he goes to the grocery store, he'll ask me, is there anything that you need? Or while he's there, he'll think of me and say, here, I picked this up for you. And then he's always kind and considerate of me, always putting me before himself. 
As you have probably guessed by now, my husband's love language is acts of service. Do I feel loved by all of these things that he does for me, even though they're not words of affirmation? Yes, absolutely yes. I feel loved by all of these things because I now recognize that this is how he shows love for me. I could not feel more love from my husband because I know that he does these things from his heart. It's his desire to do these things for me, not because I've asked him to or that he's trying to appease me in any way, but that he wants to care for me. That is how he shows his love for me. Because of this, because of what I have found to be true in my own life, I do not believe in the statement in this book that you can only feel loved if it is done by your primary love language. After all these years, like what kind of marriage would I have had if I continued to try to get my husband to love me the way I wanted it, to give me those compliments that I was looking for? We would have been miserable all these years. There is a funny thing about this book in that the author actually gives an example of this in one of the chapters. And so I happen to have the book for singles. I'm not even sure where I got it or how it came this way, but I have the one that is written for singles. And it gives this example on page 129. And he's talking about his dad. He says this, about a year ago, my mom died and I moved to Chicago to help my dad, but it has been a very difficult year. He is always asking me to do things for him, things that he could do for himself. I have felt like he was trying to manipulate me and control my life. Now I know that his love language is acts of service. He has been asking me for love. When I was getting ready to paint my house, he said, I'll come down and I'll hold the ladder for you. I don't want that. It takes twice as long with him there. I know that he was expressing love to me using the love language that he knew best. This has given me a whole new perspective about my dad. See, ladies, this is what we need to think of in our husbands as well, in that we need to have this new perspective of the love languages and be looking at our husbands and what love language does he have and how is he showing love to you? And then also maybe take a look at how you're showing love to him as well. And how much better would our marriages be? If instead of requiring each other to love in a way that doesn't come naturally for us and not from the heart, but to recognize and accept them and the love that they have towards us in their own way and the way that they want to show it to us. I have some homework for you, ladies, three things for you to work on. And then one bonus item, if you want to take this one step farther and really build that love between you and your husband. So the first one is to stop asking and to stop seeking for your husband to love you in a particular way. You may even want to go and apologize to him and ask for forgiveness, depending on, you know, how much has gone on, depending on how much you have been asking or complaining or what the situation may be, just to kind of, you know, clear that slate for yourself and to just let him know, look, I realize now that that was not what I should be doing and that I need to look at this a different way. I need to have a different perspective and to look for the ways that you show love to me. So start with one, stopping. Just stop asking and seeking for him to show you love in a different way and then maybe even go and apologize. The second one is to begin to look for ways that he shows love towards you. 
Does he do acts of service in seeing to it that you are safe and cared for and in meeting your needs? Does he come home with little gifts for you just because? Does he compliment you and tell you what a great wife you are, what a great mom you are? Is it important to him to spend one-on-one time with you when there are no distractions and that you can really focus on one another? Does he hold your hand? Does he put his arm around you or put his hand on your knee and wants to be close to you? Ladies, these are all acts of love. Recognize it, appreciate it, feel loved by it because this is what he is trying to tell you. He is showing you by these things that he loves you, that he cares for you, and that you are precious to him. And then three, tell him that you now recognize that this is how he shows love to you and give him that affirmation that you do feel that love from him. He needs this just as much as you need him to, you know, you need to know that he knows that you love him. He needs the same thing from you and that affirmation that you feel loved by him. And then your bonus step is that If you want to take this a step further, ask him if he does feel love from you. And this may be a scary question because he may be having some of the same problems and some of the same difficulties that you are having in recognizing how you love him. So talk to him about this. Have a discussion together. And like I said, he needs to know that you feel his love. You need to know that he is feeling love from you. This is a a really good thing to just kind of get out and open and to make sure that you're both on the same page. Spend some time alone together without any distractions and just talk about this. Just talk about how you love your husband and how he loves you. And, you know, what a great blessed time that that would be in sharing. In chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians, we find that the greatest gift that we have is love. In 1 Corinthians 13, 1, it says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And then in verses 2 and 3, it tells us that knowledge or ability are nothing and it profits us nothing if we do not have love. Love is the most important thing in our lives. Verse 5 shows us that love does not seek its own, meaning that it doesn't seek its own way, making our needs and our expectations being met the top priority and making it to where this is what we need to have in order to feel love. And then in verses 8 through 10, it reminds us that love never fails. The things in this life will fail and they will fall away, but love remains. And then lastly, in verse 13, we read, and now abide faith hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. I pray that through this, ladies, that you can begin to really build that love between you and your husband. Put aside the love language and the thing that you think that you need to have and to really look to your husband and how he shows love to you. I pray this for you. Have a blessed day. Thank you so much for listening today. I pray that God has used this episode to bless and inspire you to live out your faith in Him. If it has, please do me a huge favor by leaving a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know if you like the show and you will be helping others to find this podcast and be lifted up by the Word of God. Is there someone who came to mind while you were listening today and you said, Ooh, she needs to hear this. 
will then send her the link so she can be encouraged too. Are you in the Dallas area and looking for a fresh new speaker to add excitement to your next luncheon, women's retreat, or other women's event? Then drop me a note at nancy at faithlivedout.com and let's chat about it. That's nancy, N-A-N-C-I, at faithlivedout.com. I would love to come and meet with you and the ladies in your group. You're also welcome to visit the website at faithlivedout.com for more information, blog posts, journaling ideas, and free printables. Or become a part of our little community of believers by joining the Faith Lived Out community group on Facebook, where you can join together with other faith-led wives and moms just like you. Links to these areas and the scripture references used in today's episode are in the show notes. Ladies, thank you again for listening today. And know that I am praying for God to be with you as you learn to trust in Him more and to live out your faith every day. God bless you and see you on the next episode.